Let's go right into it. This morning I want to speak briefly on the subject matter, make it happen mindset. Make it happen mindset. Have you ever thought about the statement or have you ever said it before? You know, I've never been good at that. Anybody have ever said those words before? I've never been good at that or at this age, that's just not me. How about this? I won't even try. Anybody ever said that? Or what's this? I just, I'm just not good with working with people. Anybody ever felt that way? Or, or I'm too shy to be a leader. Let's, let's, stick with the per, let's, take, let's stick with the most common one. Let's stick with the most common one. Hey, Brother Adrian, that's just not me. That's just not me. And, and so this morning, I want, I want to talk about something because have you ever realized that we are the ones establishing the narrative for our lives? When, when it comes to being a believer, I believe the scripture says less of me and more of him. Amen? And so... This morning, I'm joined with my beautiful wife sitting there, and, and then RJ over there. Give it up for, for both of them. And, and I, was speaking, I was talking with my wife a couple of weeks ago, and, and, and she knew that I made a list of things that I'm working on identifying where did those terms come from? Where did the idea come from? Was, there, was the idea Christ centered? Or was the idea generated by me and my opinion of my journey so far? Because the goal of the believer is to be more of who he wants you to be. Isn't that the truth? But, but watch this. The older we get, the more seasoned we become, the more established we are known to be, we lock ourselves in to a position. Isn't that the truth? The Bible says in Proverbs 23 and 7, it says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Over time, our mindset is being formed. Our belief system is being formed. And, and as believers, we have to take time, the Bible says, to study to show ourselves approved, to ensure that our established way of doing things is God's idea. It is possible for you to say, God knows me, which is true, Wendy. God could know you, but you may not know you. It is possible for God to know you and you not know you. But when you talk, you talk for you. But you say you know God. You do know him. And he does, he do know you. But the question is, do you know you? Have you done the work to identify where did my fair factors came from? Was my fair factors inherited? Was it passed down? Because some people are known to say this. We've all heard it before. Well, you know, I'm a miller. Darnell, come on. You know, I'm a miller. You know, we millers. 
I grew up in the Bahamas, as most of you already know. And my mother will tell you, you go in the Bahamas and you say, they say, oh, that's an Acklands man. That means like, that's like simply saying, oh, he's from New York. You know, so you say, he's an Acklands man. They say Acklands men are two things. They want two-story houses and they cheat. So you go to the airport right now, if you're in the Bahamas, you say, listen, I'm looking for an Oculus man, lady, you, ladies, you say, I'm looking for an Oculus man, they're going to say, oh, he's he going to try to get a big house, but he's going to be cheap. And, it's, and they, they, the, the thought, Miss Amarella says, it's not just a big house, it's a two-story house, because they believe, Oculus men believe that's a bigger house. Now, here's the deal, that's been passed down. That's been passed down. And there are people who are living within that whole process, even to the point where you can't do stairs no more, but the house you're about to buy still have stairs. Come on, man. I'm trying to help somebody this morning. Y'all need to help me out. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. So I got to ask myself, where did my mindset come from? And in my prayer time and in my study time, it's important for us to take time and sit down. Where did that come from? Why do I function that way? Why did I say that? And is it the best way? Okay? One of the most powerful prayers you can pray is, God, not my will, but let your will be done. However you want to use me, Lord, use me. Woo! However, how many of y'all have prayed that prayer before? It sounds so necessary as a Christian. You, you can't be a strong Christian and not have prayed that prayer. You can't be committed to the cross and not prayed that prayer. You can't say, I'm, I'm locked in to, to being a devout Christian and not prayed that prayer. But that prayer is locked into the idea of less of you and more of him. But I just want you to know, I've never really been a water person. So don't give me no water. I, yeah. Ask my mama, we ain't none of us are water people. Yeah. I've never been a people's person. Go check my background. I've never been a people's person. I've always been shy. How many of you all know every word you speak reinforces itself in your life? So what we just sung just a while ago was important for the person who needs to be free because your next season of your life demands that you say hello to what you've never met. You get to that point where you realize I have to watch what I say. And there are times not only watch what you say, you have to also watch what you think. And here's the crazy thing about the thought. The thought life only you knows until you express yourself. A word is an expressed thought. So not until you say something, we know what you're thinking. Some people don't say anything, but they're still thinking it, Brother Gilbert. And the struggle is you are what you think all day long. So there's a position as believers we have to work towards. In this season of our church, 
In this season of your marriage, in this season as an entrepreneur, in this season as a leader, in this season as a young adult, in this season just as an individual, you have to look at yourself and ask yourself, what type of mindset do I have? Now here's the challenge. The more fixed mindset that you have, the more work you're going to have to do to uproot that mindset. Because certain mindsets are generational. If what you are living under as a truth has been transitioned from your mama, her mama, your neighborhood, hello, hello, and and, and it's all generational and everywhere you go, everybody is saying the same thing and then you discover the truth. But you won't be free from the truth. You won't be free with the truth you've discovered until you're prepared to say less of me and more of the truth. And it's easier to say that than to do that. It's going to be the fight of your life. Can we think about the realities of how our lives have been shaped over time? The way we think about our intellect and our talents in the kingdom of God not only affects our feelings, it can also affect what we achieve. Whether we stick to new responsibilities or if we will go on to develop new skills over time. Everything we do should be built on the premise of the scripture, Matthew 6 and 33. Everything we do should be built on the premise of this scripture. But seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and everything else will be added. But most of the time, we put our agenda in front and then we say, God, use me. Within the confinements of my agenda. Come on, somebody. Seek first the kingdom of God. Now, here's the deal. You've been around church for a while. You can get scared of that term because, man, my cousin got used by a church. <laughs> church hurt is real. Overuse is real. Burnout is real. Mismanagement of time is real. Hello? So, so seek first. Oh, brother, I, I'm, I'm afraid of those words because uh, you're trying to ask me to do more. No, I'm trying to help you to tap into destiny. I'm trying to help you to know that if you can get him first, everything else will be added. That's what it says. But what if I end up in a bad place? Here's the deal. Your destiny journey has bad pits, prisons, and situations along the way. But in the end, the Bible said it shall speak. Come on, it says, guess what? What God has called you to do along the way, Joseph, you dreamt a dream and you saw yourself with your brothers bowing to you and you woke up that morning feeling good. Hey, guess what? I see you all bowing to me. I'm going to be the one to make mama proud. I'm going to be, I'm gonna, let me tell you something. God gave me a dream. 
And you're talking to people who don't have no dream or who didn't have a dream only to find yourself in a pit. But see, knowing that if you put God first, you can't stay in a pit because that wasn't in the dream. You got to hold on to the dream. You just got to know that, yes, you found yourself being sold into prison, but prison wasn't in the dream. Being a servant in Potiphar's house was in a dream, was not in the dream. But the process of sweeping, when in your father's house you were being educated, you were above sweeping, cleaning down stuff, just... But here's the deal. If you read Joseph well, the Bible says... Ah, come on, somebody. The Bible says wherever he went, God was with him. So there was an anointing on the white pig die. Come on, somebody. There's an anointing on the sweeping. See, what, what they don't realize is Joseph said, I'm going somewhere. I don't see where this fit in the picture. But I am going somewhere. Years ago, when I, when I joined Pentecostal Church of Faith in God, that was my first church home, became a member, Bishop Dean Wells said, the scriptures when he shook our hands when we committed to serving, he says, whatever your hands find to do, it's scripture, do it with all your might. If you're going to sweep, sweep, like it's kingdom sweeping. If you're going to usher, usher like it's, it's kingdom business. Come on. If you're going to greet, if you're going to smile, smile like, listen, the Lord is on this smile. Come on. Yokes are being destroyed and burdens are being lifted. Why? Because you desire that whatever I do, how many of y'all remember that prayer? Whatever I do, he says, Bishop said, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. I went up to the front. He said, young man, what you gonna do in children? What you gonna do in our church? I said, however y'all wanna use me. He said, well, could you come up on Saturday, Gilbert? And said, can you come help clean the building? Back then, you, used to, you had to come volunteer and you come clean the building. There was a cleaning committee. And I was mostly only retired people because young people weren't coming out to clean. All right? So, so I, I went ahead and signed up to clean. I'm cleaning up, brother. I'm sweeping, I'm cleaning. It was pews with no pod, potted pods on it. Okay, so you, you know, you had to sit and turn to get a comfortable after you sit for a while. Praise the Lord, right? And so we're cleaning the pews and we had the, it was pine saw. How many of you remember pine saw? Had the little pine saw cleaning the pews and, and then he said clean the windows and I would go outside, cut the grass and everything. And the first Sunday I did that, the first Saturday I did that, on Sunday when I got to church, I'm sitting in the back, and one of the mothers was doing a testimony, and she said, that young man in the back sitting down there, he is such a hard-working man. I can see God is going to use him one day. And I thought, who, me? I just, I, hey, man, the bishop said whatever needs to be done needs to be done. A couple of weeks later, I said, bishop, what do you need help with? He said, can you drive the bus? Uh. Oh, yes, sir. I started driving the church bus. 
Then a guy came to our church and he was prophesying and calling on people and he pointed at me and he says, one day I see you doing children's ministry all over the country. And he said this, I see you traveling around the world. And I was reading my Bible so much, Gilbert, during that time. The Bible says false prophets will come in the last days. Because he don't know I don't have a passport. I don't even like children. So, however he's coming up with this idea, in the last days, false prophets will come. I just know that's in the book. Okay? And so here's the deal. A couple of weeks later, I'm at the altar, and I got my hand stretched out, and we're singing this song, Tori, and the song was, uh, Lord, I'm available to you. How many of you remember that song? I give you my hands, and I give you my eye. I'm at the altar, man, let me tell you something. You ain't seeing snort and running nose and everything. <laughs> Use me, Lord. I just want to be used. <laughs> You know it's bad when you wipe your, wipe your face with your, and it's, it slides with it. It was one of those kind of Sundays, Wendy. And here's the deal. I stood up and I asked the pastor, I said, how can I help? He said, didn't the guy said a couple of weeks ago you should sign up for children's ministry? I said, okay. I signed up for children's ministry. I signed up for children's ministry, ended up in a Sunday school class. Long story short, now children's ministry is a day in my name in the Bahamas. 25 years later, the government declared October 11 National Children's Ministry Day, which is my birthday. I had no clue that when I said, however you want to use me, Use me, Lord. Listen, it is, the, it is the kingdom mindset. Watch this. A growth mindset means, it's in the kingdom of God, a growth mindset means that you believe your intelligence and talents can be developed over time. Which basically says, hey, I can become even if that's not who I am now. Ooh. Did y'all hear that just now? I can become even if that's not who I am now. Why? Because in the kingdom of God, a growth mindset means that you can believe your intelligence and your talents can be developed over time. I'm becoming, I'm becoming, I'm becoming, I'm becoming, I'm becoming. However, a fixed mindset is in your feelings that you believe intelligence is fixed so that you cannot Watch this, you are not good at something. You might believe you will never be good at it. You just, I'll never be good at speaking in front of the room. I'll never be good at this. I wanted to ask uh, Miss Jocelyn Childs to wave a hand. See, I don't know if she's in the sanctuary. Wave a hand. If she's not, I know she's at church today. But Miss Jocelyn, a year ago, a year ago, I said, Miss Jocelyn, you want to teach Bible study? She said, well, you know, that's not me. That's not me. I said, well, I feel God has an anointing on your life to teach. I think you should step out and teach. She said, well, I'll do a conversation, meaning it's two of us or three of us talking, but I won't do by myself. 
That was a year ago. This past week, she dedicated, she's now one year in on doing Bible study by herself. Give her a clap. Come on, somebody. Because she didn't lock into a fixed mindset. She had served in children's ministry for more than five years behind the scene. Oh, I'm not a person in the front. But now she's going streaming live every month, growing and developing in the call of God on her life for teaching. Here at Pathway, we believe in having a growth mindset where we're encouraging people to adopt a positive outlook on learning so God can use them in an incredible way. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, we teach it, we hear it, we confess it, but very few of us really believe it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all. It's something you just got to tell yourself. Why do you have to tell yourself it? Because you could be someone who has been conditioned otherwise than that of which you're confessing. Yes, we say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Then the opportunity comes. I see you doing children's ministry, not me. That's not me. And then watch this, watch this. Let me pray about it. You know what? I, I hope I don't get in trouble for this one, okay? What I never understood, Gilbert, right? This is what I don't understand. I don't understand this, right? I'm just saying. I mean, I'm not saying people can't be wrong. But let's just say that guy at the church when I came up, right? It's revival. We having church, right? It's a, I mean, we having church. I'm all excited. I'm praising the Lord. I'm like, whoa, God is in this place. Got up to the altar, stretched my hands out, you know, and I'm just, Lord, however you want to use me. And he goes, hey, you son, come here. I'm like, the Lord has a word for you. <sighs> yes, sir. Mr. Prophet, come on, I'll sow a seed if it's a good word. <laughs> come on, give me that word. I see. Woo, this could be destiny. I see. I see. Children's ministry. Loose you devil, that's not me. I see God using you. No, sir. You know, the Bible did say in the last days, false prophets going to come. It's amazing how we put that narrative on a position that is built on what we want. But yet we oftentimes pray every day, God, I want you to use me. But we are getting in the way. The Bible says in John chapter 15, verse 5, he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. <laughs> you will bear much fruit. He said, apart from me, you can't do nothing. You can't do nothing. So you want, you watch this, you want whatsoever your hands find to do to prosper. You also have to get this scripture, Romans chapter 8, verses 28. And we know this, all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Yes, I'm agreeing to children's ministry, but children's ministry may just be a process on the journey to see how committed I am to listening. 
The pit was a part of the plan. Potiphar was a part of the plan. The prison was a part of the plan. However God establishes the plan, we have to embrace embrace God's idea. Believers who adopt a growth mindset leans into a number of belief systems. I want to grab a hold of these. And this is what we have to lean into. And so at this season of my life, 47, 48 in October, and I'm learning that I'm trying not to say that's not me. And I'm more inclined to say, let me pray about it. Let me get back to you. Wow, thank you. Uh, I'm going to decline that at this time. (laughs) You know, because watch this. Because I want to learn to lean in to this type of mindset. The The next level of your life is built on you leaning into this mindset. And that is, number one, embrace lifelong learning. Embrace lifelong learning. I was talking to my spiritual mom, and she said to me, she said, Ricardo, you know you can have another 47 in front of you. Darnell, you know how stuck I will be and how miserable I will be if I lock into who I am now as who I will always be. If the reality of it is that the possibility of another 47 could be in front of me, but I am defining myself eternally under who Ricardo is today. Woo, come on. That mean I ain't gonna have no smart car that's fully smart. Hello. Hello. So, so embracing lifelong learning. Number two, believing intelligence can be improved upon. Intelligence can be improved. I am a hundred times smarter than I was when I left high school. I'm hoping to be a hundred times smarter when I turn 50 versus 47. Hello? So in other words, I want to grow. I want to develop. Number three, putting more effort to learn rather than checking out. At this age, ain't nobody going to tell me nothing. I've been having to watch the whole term. I'm 47 now because you know what that could do, right? That can lock me out from being influenced. It's like a 21-year-old, my son is going to be 21 next month. Yeah, give it up, RJ. It's like a 21-year-old, as soon as they hit 21, oh, no one can tell me anything now. Biggest, how many of y'all know parents, how many of y'all know that would be the biggest mistake? Because you ain't learned nothing yet in comparison to what life is about to throw in your face. And so if 47... It's my current age, but God can have it that I have another 47 in front of me. It is important for me to, watch this, put every effort into learning. And here's the deal, developing a mindset and a behavior and a lifestyle that locks into whatever I need to do to become what God is needing me to be in a season. Lord, help me to be willing to move there. Number four, watch this, believing failures are just temporary setback. Believing failures are temporary setback. You know how many people completely, completely gave up? They stopped asking their brothers to take them out of the hole after they were put in it. You got put in prison, Joseph, and just chose to sit in the corner and just 
be pitiful. But the Bible says that he was in prison and he was interpreting dreams. Come on. You can imagine him getting bitter, having been falsely accused, only to find himself in a prison. I ain't talking to nobody. Oh, I had a dream one last night. Yeah, well, good for you. <laughs> not realizing, choosing not to interpret that guy's dream is actually the doorway out of prison. But you got to be set up to have had guarded your, guarded your heart in the process to ensure that however God wants to use you, wherever God wants to use you. Oh, come on, somebody. The goal as a believer is I want to get out of the way. I want to get out of the way. So here's the deal. Believing failures are just temporary setbacks. I'm in a pit, it's a setback. I'm serving Potiphar's, it's a setback. I'm in a prison, it's a setback. You know what vision is? Vision is the ability to see the end at the beginning. You're here, you see there. It's like me saying now, I'm 47 and I want to see the possibility of another 47. Brother Gilbert, then it would be wise of me to act that way with my money. It would be wise of me to act that way with my body. It would be wise of me to act that way with my circle. How many of y'all see what I'm saying? With maintaining that which I've acquired so that over time, I can look back over my life and says, each year, each decade, I kept getting better because I looked into the future with the possibility of 47 being in front of me. And I started to align myself accordingly. Even though there were some pits along the way, some prisons along the way, some bad situations along the way, I did not allow that stuff to contaminate me because the rest of my life is still in front of me. Vision is the ability to see the end at the beginning. So don't worry about where you are. The question is, what do you see? The Bible says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Why? What perish means they're going to do something dumb, something crazy. Number five, willing, willingly embrace challenges. And leaning in on the idea to willingly embrace challenges. Miss Cynthia, 25 years ago, I joined Toastmasters, and I was doing an icebreaker speech. Mother James, it was a three-minute speech. I prepared two weeks for a three-minute speech. And let me tell you something. When I stood up in the front of those people to give my two-minute speech, I sweat like a man who was running from 12 pit bulls. For a three-minute speech, I thought that speech was the longest speech anybody could ever make. It was a three-minute, let me tell you something. I can talk on one word now for three hours, one word. But 25 years ago, I joined Toastmasters because here's the deal. Not only did one person say, I see you doing children's ministry, I went to a men's breakfast and I was young guy sitting in there, and I said, I just want to be used by God. 
And the guy who was doing the breakfast said, if you believe God is going to use you one day, you have to become skilled in communication. Learn to talk. I said, how do you do that? He said, join Toastmasters. That was a Saturday. I joined on Wednesday. I joined on Wednesday. A few months later, I'm doing my icebreaker, and I'm afraid. I made my three-minute speech. My shirt's wet. I'm talking about it's just for three-minute speech. After I finished the speech, and let me tell you something. You know when it's not a good speech, Ms. Amorellis, right? I knew it was so bad, the notes started coming. Be encouraged, brother. The notes just start coming up, you know? You stick with it, bro. You stick with it. So I put up my little Baptist finger hand and got out and, and went missing for about six weeks. Because I was like, I can't do this. And one of the members called me and they said, hey, where you at? I said, man, I, that, that ain't cut out for me. I said, man, you did a three-minute speech. You got this. And long story short, I realized along the way, there's going to be challenges. You want something, nothing great has ever been accomplished without challenges. You want a great marriage, it's going to still bring challenges. You want a great business, you want to be served, you want to serve God, you want to do anything great, it's going to have some challenges. Somebody said, the kingdom shouldn't have challenges. I don't know what Bible you read. Read the Bible. (laughs) Christians shouldn't act like that. Paul addressed that. He said, brothers and sisters, aren't there any among you who cannot stop being carnal? Who was he talking to? Believers. Because you can have challenges from your kingdom sister. Just like you can have them by your biological sister. How many of y'all know that? Challenges. Last two, watch this. Viewing others' success as a source of inspiration. This is what you have to lean in on. Leaning in on the idea of seeing others, looking at it, watch it, seeing others' success as a source of inspiration. Look what God's doing for him. Man, let me tell you something. I feel at 47, I don't have one jealous bone in my body. Because along the way, I've gotten where I am because I like doing this. And guess what? You know what I found out? If you're here and God's using you and I'm clapping for you and I'm watching you in these different seasons and I'm clapping for you and I'm watching you in these seasons and I'm clapping for you and I'm watching you in these seasons I'm clapping you and I'm watching you in this season. Guess what I'm noticing? I ain't where I used to be either. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Woo! Come on. When your heart is right and you start celebrating and appreciating and, and learning from other people's success, It'll take you to the next level. But that's a mindset you got to lean in on. I have met people who have disconnected from others because they've acquired some level of accomplishment. That is sad. That is sad. So viewing other people's success as a form of inspiration is God's idea. Let's celebrate one another. In this season of our church, we look at others doing their thing and you say, listen, I am generally happy for it. And if you're not happy for them, say it and pray and watch God change your heart and your life over time. When you pray earnestly for somebody and you sincerely push the whole idea of saying what you see that is good, let me tell you something, that's going to turn around after a while and become who you are. 
because you have built yourself to break that stronghold of jealousy and envy and just, just bitterness and reserve to only think it should have been me. Last but not least, viewing feedback as an opportunity to learn. Viewing feedback as an opportunity to learn. The whole concept moving forward for us in the kingdom of God is, God, however you want to use me, use me. I was at the altar giving my testimony some 25 years ago. And I was sharing my story. And a lady walked up to me, Brother Gilbert, Mary Wells, and she said, you need to go back to school. Go back to classes. She said, I heard you joined Toastmasters, but if you go back to night classes, it's going to help you because God has a plan for your life. Now, here's the deal. I could have taken that two ways. One, as wisdom being spoken into my life to help me go to the next level. Or I could have taken who she thinks she's talking to. <laughs> I just graduated high school. I'm in the training college. And here's the deal. I was losing. I wasn't doing well, but she called it out. Someone is watching you fail who is capable of helping you. But you're not opening yourself up to accept what they see. And it's hindering you from going to the next level. Thank you very much. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, and I'm closing with this. It says, let us not be wary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Ah, come on, somebody. It says, watch this. Let us, watch this. Let us not be wary in well-doing. Here's why you got to own that scripture. Because your mind will start to play tricks on you. Come on. And I'm closing with this. What we say, well, if you know how much... I got on my plate, I ain't got nothing to give. I was talking to one of my clients, and I said to her, I said, you have a husband, you have two kids, you have a professional career, but what is God showing you? And she said, well, at church, I'm serving in the children's ministry. And then she said, this is the other situation. She said, well, we have a small business we're about to start. And she said, I'm not taking on anything else. And I say, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. It's really all management. I say, it's really all management. It's, it's, it's you learning how to realize you've been called to lead a thousand. Some people have called to lead 10. Some people are called to lead 50. Some people are called to lead 100. Some people are called to lead a thousand. But when you're called to do more, then you have to develop yourself in your mindset to believe that you can manage more. So then I said to her, the goal is to study those who have learned how to do all of those things and still win. Is it possible? She said, yes, it's possible. But I say it's not going to be possible if you don't lean in on becoming who you need to be to get to where you're trying to be. The challenge is, is you're going to have to get out of your way. And I say, your 11-year-old daughter and your 9-year-old son needs a mother who is who you are now, but you're going to need to be a different mother 
at 15 and a different mother at 20. Hello, somebody. And so you got to be becoming. And then I says, as your platform takes over, I said, where do you see yourself with your platform? She said, I see myself as number one in the country. I said, not with today's behavior. You're going to have to become. Stand to your feet for me. It is important for us to realize that we ask God to anoint us with the ability to make it happen. In other words, he's calling us to it. Then we have to break out of what we've been accustomed to to get to it. But I've been this way for a long time. But you're still seeing something in front of you. Heads bow, eyes closed for a moment. And I just want you to think about where you are. And I want you to think about what you feel as though God is doing in your life in this next season. The challenge now is, I want to have a make it happen mindset. So that my marriage can thrive. I want to have a make it happen mindset. So my children can be successful. I want to have a make it happen mindset so I can break generational curses. I want to have a make it happen mindset so God can be glorified through my life. But I have a mindset that's not necessarily aligned with his mindset and I need to get out of the way. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who is going to deliver me from the excuses that I've been holding on to for so long? Our city has some needs. And there are some men and women in here who need to respond to those needs. Our school system has some needs. And there are some men and women in here who need to respond to those needs. Our church has some needs. That, that there are some men and women who need to respond to those needs. And God has placed you in the earth for such a time as this. But over the next couple of days, you're going to have to pray and say, God, help me to get out of the way so that I can utilize my life to the fullest and not get in the way of having my own idea of what I am about when you want something else. Oh, I want to pray for you right now. There are people here who knows the rest of your life is going to be the best of your life, but you need to get out of some generational strongholds. You need to get out of some toxic thinking. You need to get out of some bad verbiage, some, some limited thinking. I want to open the altar for you. I want to pray with you. Because, see, you've been holding yourself back by your speech. You've been holding yourself back by previous conditions. You've been holding yourself back by what other people think of you. And the truth is... You got too much going on in you to not allow the world to be influenced by you. With your hands stretched high, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, for every hand that is stretched now, that over the next few weeks and months, that we're all going to get out of the way and we're going to establish a make-it-happen mindset. Help us, Lord God, to not limit ourselves from who we are capable of being, but pushing ourselves to all that we can be so you can be glorified. 
in a minute, God, we're going to open the altar. We're going to allow men and women to come here to just spend time with you, to know that they need to have that inner searching and inner addressing of what is it that's going on with me that's causing me not to have what I should have in marriage, have what I should have in business, have what I should have in parenting, have what I should have in my, with my educational background, have what I should have with the anointing and the grace of God that's on my life. Help me, God, to get out of my own way. Help me, God, to have a make it happen mindset. Wherever I find myself, I want my hands to prosper. Whatever I put my hands to, I want to do it unto you, Lord. And so, God, I need you more now than ever. That's how we stretch our hands today, saying, do it through us and help us to break free of everything that would hold us back from being who you've called us to be. Ah, yes, Jesus. Thank you, God, for pushing us to a place where this new season, we're making it happen so you can be glorified. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage our ministers to come to the front. And I believe in the altar. The altar changed my life. Coming to the front and making a commitment to stand and ask someone to pray for me was a difference maker in my life. And I want to challenge you. You've got so much going for you. Sometimes you may even don't know all that's going for you, but you just know you are here for a reason. And it may be to discover your purpose. Somebody says, well, I don't know my purpose. Let somebody pray you into discovering your purpose. Say, listen, I just keep going from crisis to crisis. That is not the will of God for your life. Nothing's working out favorably for me. That is not the will of God for your life. God wants you to thrive in the things that he has called you to thrive in. Even when it doesn't go the way it should, it still should turn itself around to be favorable for you like it did in the life of Joseph. So the altar is going to be open. We're going to encourage you to allow yourself to be ministered to into that next season. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. I pray that this was a resource and a blessing to your life. Go to our webpage, polc.cc, to connect with us on all of the things that we're doing. And we want to stay connected to you because we believe God has some great things for you.